So, Michael and me are going to talk to you for about 20 minutes or so. This is part two. It's going to be brief, but we've got part three that's coming at some point. So, to be continued. Yes, it's the, abri- it's the abridged version. <laughs> right, Michael and I had a, a back and forth about David and um, the life of David. And just as a reminder, when God called this ministry into existence, he spoke the DNA of it is the tabernacle of David. And so the tabernacle of David was a place of worship in God's presence That is absolutely our heart, always has been. But um, we believe David himself, the tabernacle, the tent of the person, David, is also a template for the way he wants to speak to us. So uh, I have no idea what Michael is going to say or what he's going to ask. We like it like that. And uh, I'm putting a timer here on our time. All right, Mike. So Travis had had asked me a few days ago about doing our our part two, and then he had texted me earlier today or right before church and said we were going to have to do an abridged. So the part three will probably be the the, the longest of of the three parts. Um, But I'm going to ask him a few questions, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to kind of give some context before the question just to it's going to help me to kind of paint the picture a little bit for him. So the question's getting there. So, so you know, be patient with me as I, it's going to be a, a, a roundabout way to get to the question. So I thought it was interesting because I wasn't going to, this wasn't on my radar initially, this, this question, but it kind of came to me uh, before I, me and Morgan drove to church tonight. Um, and I think it's appropriate, especially with Samuel kind of being, Travis really highlighted Samuel as being, um, what chapter in Isaiah were you reading from? The tra- okay, Isaiah 11. So I think that was appropriate because this question is going to kind of start out with Samuel, and I, I put in, I circled this and kind of started it, and in terms of David, someone showed up for David, and when someone showed up, Samuel, it changed his existence. I think we all could agree with that and all of us maybe you don't realize it we're all waiting for God but we're also waiting for him to show up through someone too and uh, you know I it was interesting I'll, I'll tell people when I'm talking to them when they're about to transition into a new season of their life or they're literally relocating as Trenton and Rachel are doing I'm like it's pretty exciting because you don't have any idea a month from now you're going to be invested and engaged with people you have no clue even exist and it certainly happened to me when I, when I went to Minnesota one of my closest friends I connected with and we're still close very close to this day but to get to, to, get to the question so David I don't think even realized what he was waiting for he was in kind of a in a relevant town Bethlehem I don't think there was a lot of significance at that point to Bethlehem um and he was, some say he was born from a, in, born in infidelity, uh, not infidelity, unfaithfulness. It would have been, you know, uh, out of wedlock is what I'm trying to say. I'm not sure if that's true, but some people say that. And, you know, he was a shepherd, a kid. So my question is, Travis, um, 
in terms of David and his existence changing when Samuel showed up, and kind of applying that to our situation right now too, just whoever, you know, whatever situation you're in, whatever season you're in in life, how can we kind of relate to waiting on God, waiting on him to show up, and then responding in faith as David did. And this is going to be kind of lead into our second question as well. So, yeah, how, 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 did, how do you think David responded in faith when, something, when someone showed up and when he had no grid, what would happen? And how can we apply that to our existence right now as we're kind of waiting on God in our, our season of life? Yeah, I think that is an awesome question, an awesome topic. One of the most important parts of my entire life has been receiving people who God sent to me um, and not even knowing that I was maybe in a receptive mode. But I think um, right now, God greatly desires us all to be anticipating how he is going to come to us through people. It's his favorite way to come to us. It's his favorite way. Um, and I think about when I was 21, an 18-year-old from the same place John Edward hails from, roared into my life, and I was delivered in a moment in Charlie Walker's living room. And of course, as a 13-year-old, when God brought Charlie into my life and gave me a picture of Jesus that I hadn't seen. Um, and then two weeks later, just like Luke said, Luke said, you've got a, um, a prayer warrior wife who's praying for you right now. Two weeks later, I meet Karis, and she has been God's word of grace to me, grace in the flesh. Um, and, you know, I, I was talking about this guy the other, the other day. One day in 2006, I got a call from somebody in Louisville. I had met this guy, this teenager, one time. He says, I'm with this uh, guy who's a prayer guy, and he says he thinks you're supposed to come up here. And this guy had never even heard of me other than just talking to the teenager. So I drive an hour and a half up into Louisville because I was like, I think the Lord's in this. And this man, the samurai, uh, Andrew, the, the samurai, in his 40s, I had never met him before since. I knew him for about two hours before I drove, drove back home. And what he spoke over me, what he prayed over me, and what happened to me in that little upper room with some like praying ladies in their 40s and Andrew and the, this teenager is still with me today. It's who I am because God showed up through Andrew. And on and on and on, I had a word from another prophetic guy in 2006, right about the same time, and I opened my heart up to him. I am still living in the fruit of what that happened, what happened there. I was just on the phone and while well, I was living in the trailer in Jeff James' backyard on Maxi Street. And Karis walks in. Uh, we're not even married yet as I'm getting this phone call or talking on this phone call. And one of the things he says, not only am I receiving him in the moment, he said, uh, he's a character, another Georgia Alabama. He's like, Timothy is coming to you. Timothy, Timothy is coming to you. That was in 2006. 15 years later in 2021, that word is fulfilled by John Edward, who came to my house. I had been looking for the Timothy all that time, and God never confirmed it. 
until John Edward. On and on, Jesus Christ comes through people. Get ready. Already you can look back probably and God will give you Holy Spirit lens to be like, oh yeah, he came to me like this. But get ready. One of the most important principles is this. Jesus says this. If you receive a righteous person in the name of a righteous person, you get their reward. You get what they're coming to give you. He says if you receive a prophet or basically someone who's speaking in the name of God, doesn't have to be a prophet. If you receive someone as what they are, someone sent with a message from God for you, you get the reward they have for you from God. And Jesus also said, many people said to me, wait, when did we see you? When, when were you like uh, naked and we didn't clothe you? When, when were you hungry we didn't feed you? Guys, that's not just an encouragement for us to take care of the poor. Absolutely, we, that's a call. The point there was Jesus said, you didn't see me. You didn't recognize me. I was showing up to you. So don't miss him through people. The way he showed up through Samuel for David and everything changed. You see we got the time there. Yeah. One more thing to add just to touch on and then we'll, we'll transition to the second question. And I can just attest to this myself recently in the last two years that Someone showed up in my life, super unconventional. I would say without getting into details, <laughs> was living as diametrically opposed to the plans of God as far as his moral disposition to life than anyone could. Um, but for whatever reason, it was clear God was showing up through him for me to receive. So I guess, Travis, could you, could you touch on really quickly the importance of God showing up through people who, and it's like he moves the hearts of kings like waterways. And so like it's not hard for him to show up through someone who may be in, in the church's definition living as a reprobate. But he's like, you know what? I'm wanting to show you something. I'm wanting to launch you into something. I'm wanting to invite you something, invite you into something through receiving this person. So could you touch on really quickly just the importance of receiving whomever he's sending regardless of the optics right. of how they're living life necessarily? Um, well, I'll say this not to like for shock factor to like be on the edge, but God, it's to help us remember this. God speaks through a jackass. He will put jackasses in your life who will speak just because someone doesn't have the character of Christ does not mean they're not a mouthpiece and they may hee haw and bray and sound annoying and repetitive that just might be the Lord speaking to you. So don't just judge the Lord's message to you by, man, is that as kind or like Christ-like? Because Christ will speak through whoever he wants to speak through. And connected to that, God will send a bad boss into your life. God will send an unhealthy authority figure into your life. Now, you might not have the extreme that David did. God sent a murdering king, the guy with the most power in the nation over millions of people, and David was hunted by that man for years. And God did it. God did that to David. That Saul was God's message to David in love. So don't just get ready for the rose petals 
get ready for however God is going to train you and love you, even through a bad boss or through an annoying jackass. So this kind of leads into... into <laughs> Kiris rolled her eyes at me. Into our, into our second question and topic. And it's interesting, God, and if, if you were at the, the home group at Uncle Tim and Aunt Debbie's house, I brought this up a little bit. And it's something I'm still kind of working through, and, was, and I shared it from the standpoint of not being an expert necessarily, but just more of like, this is what I'm thinking about. This is what God's kind of putting on my radar. And the term is prophetic opportunism. And, you know, David, so this is, I'm going to kind of give some context really quick and ask Travis the question. So David showed up um, when his dad, Jesse, told him to send supplies to his brothers. Um, when Israel was encamped against the Philistines, when Goliath was going out each day, just hurling his invectives towards the people of God and it said at one point that David heard Goliath and I'm not sure this is me just kind of like giving you my own opinion about this but it seemed to me when when it said David heard it was almost like the antennas that David had for his prophetic destiny was super in tune with that moment. It was like a Kairos moment for David. And it wasn't like, I don't want to digress here. So yeah, so David like heard Goliath's message, but it was more like, okay, action time, my prophetic destiny, here's a moment. It was almost like David being shrewd too, because then in the subsequent passage, two separate occasions, David like asked the question, or at least he hears What's going to happen to the person, to the man who slays Goliath? And then in two separate occasions, they're saying, oh, yeah, well, you know, the, the Saul will give his daughter to the person, you know, their family won't have to pay taxes anymore in the land. So it was almost like if you're David, we don't know when Samuel anointed him, but sometime before that, I don't know if it was years, months, whatever, but David was living with this anointing of, like, him being the next king of Israel. I mean, that's crazy. It's like, what, like, and so then here's a moment this opportunistic moment for David and the prophetic call on his life was almost, he was in tune with that and it was activated in that moment for him to act in faith without being told. God never said, hey, kill Goliath. You're going to, it wasn't like he had a hundred percent knowing, but he did it in faith. And it was almost like that prophetic destiny, that prophetic opportunism was activated in that moment. So my question is, and this is again, me just kind of thinking through this, I share with you guys. So the question is, Travis, David seemed to illustrate a prophetic, opportunistic posture in that moment with Goliath. And again, we could say after that, David's existence was never the same. So in terms of what David did, and if you could touch on that too and kind of give your opinion as well, I'd like to hear it. Also, how does that apply to us? Because each one of us has, God has a plan, a specific strategy to use us in life Regardless of, of the area of influence, it could be a stay-at-home mom or whatever, which is a, a beautiful call. Um, how can we be shrewd in stepping out in faith and ha- keeping our antennas up to opportunities that God may present that could launch us into the destiny he has for us? Another awesome question. I really believe these are spirit-led. Um, probably the last one. we got seven minutes here. But he, <laughs> did you hear that phrase? Prophetic opportunistic posture that's awesome and 
typical of the way um, God seems to work with me. I saw that as an acronym, POP. Okay? So a POP is a sudden thing that happens. The popcorn is heated up, the, the kernel, and then POP, and it explodes kind of like the butterfly from a caterpillar. It, it goes from this to boom, not like growing overnight or over time. I mean, boom, in a second, okay? I believe we are a little, all little kernels about to pop into something we could have never expected. You should look up the science of how many times bigger a, a kernel becomes in an instant. It's, it's kind of crazy how much bigger. So that happened with David. He went from shepherd boy, and then that day, pop, he became the hero of millions in a moment. Pop. And he had a littler pop not long before that when Samuel came to Bethlehem. Pop. You're getting anointed amongst your brothers. And, and he had some quiet pops on the day before the big pop of killing Goliath. Why was David there? Check this out. I, I, the Lord was ministering to me about this recently. David was there at the battle line only because his dad, the person in his life who had authority in his life, said, go. So when we talk about opportunistic, we're not talking about the fleshly opportunistic mindset where we go and get what's ours through our own devices, through our own wisdom. David simply said, okay, dad, I'll go take bread and cheese. I'll go, go to the place exactly where you tell me to go. Kind of like Joseph. Okay, Dad, I'll go check on my brothers. All right? Exactly in the place. So believe this. Your dad, who's a bigger and more perfect dad than Jesse or Jacob, he's going to pat you on the rear and say, here, go take some bread and cheese here. You're thinking, okay, I'll do that. And then you show up in this place, and then... The conversation and the circumstances present themselves. And you're just asking some questions and you're hearing some stuff and that's stirring in your heart with what God has convicted you about. Yeah, you might say a little something like, well, something needs to be done about this or I'll, I'll do it, you know. But still, that David didn't just, as soon as he heard Goliath say something, he just started running towards him with his sling. David took the opportunity that was given to him. First, he was sent by his dad. Then he had some conversations as he was delivering the cheese, being an obedient boy. And then he heard some more things from the people. And then, this is interesting, did you know David didn't go up to Saul and say, come on, I'm here, I'll do it. That's not what happened. Saul sent for him. I, I don't know what, like it was a rumor, like telephone passing along, psh, psh, the, the shepherd boy wants to fight Goliath. Psh, psh. Hey, did you hear? And finally it got back to Saul. And Saul's like, send that shepherd boy here. That boy who plays the music for me or whatever. I don't know if it had already occurred. It's kind of up in the air a little bit. David goes there. And then that authority figure says, all right. At first he's like, you can't do this, man. Let's stop. And he's like, all right, fine. You got to take, take my armor. And David's like, uh, I can't. Uh, this won't work. And he's like, fine, go. And Saul's like, this little dude, one less Israelite for me to reign over. So, and I was thinking this too, do you not think David had heard 
rumors about Goliath. And this, is, this has been happening, what, 40 days he'd been doing this? Yeah. So 40 days, I assume David probably knew about and heard what Goliath was doing. So it wasn't like, as this goes to your point, David's showing up there like, I've heard what Goliath is saying, let me take this dude down. It was like that right. moment happened. Right, he'd probably heard about this for weeks because, you know, news travels. Um, so it, it was God's timing that day. And he just responded when his dad said, take the bread and cheese. He responded to the conversations of the other soldiers. He responded when the king said, come see me. He responded when the king said, all right, go for it. And that day changed history. We are still living in the effects of that teenage boy's response to the opportunity presented to him. So get ready because you have a giant to kill. There is a Goliath in your life. There is a part you have to play to be a hero for the house of Israel. Yeah, and just to end, I'm not going to start on a new question because we'll save that for part three. But it just seemed to me, and you just you know, validated this, that and God has really impressed this upon me, is he just sends the invitations and he's just looking for a willing heart to respond. And I think, and first of all, I want to tell you, Gabriel, I'm looking at you, man, and you, you are a David. You are, man. You have that anointing on your life. So, you know, receive, I'm, I'm sure you're receiving this message, but God really, I believe, wants you to know that. Um, but, yeah, there's like this Texas two-step that, that God's the one who's just inviting us, and then it's really easy. We, I mean, I know I overcomplicate things at times, and if I look back at, like, where I've gotten in life and just the different things that have happened— it's much less about me playing the hero, David, going and slaying Goliath, because to be honest, in my flesh, I would, you know, like, I'd be freaked out. I wouldn't do that. You know, I'm, you know, I'm feckless in my flesh. It, anything of value and merit comes from the Holy Spirit. So it is those moments. So, uh, you know, lastly, could you just touch on this as a, the last, you know, 70 seconds? When God invites, he provides the grace to enter into any heroic deed because it's like that's just what he does and that's who we are. David didn't have the greatest fighting skill or even the greatest I'm braver than everybody. David just simply said yes to God's plan. God said I want to be the brave champion of Israel and I want to defeat Goliath and I want to do it through this guy. And this guy said okay. That's all God's looking for. He's not looking for you to go out there, all right, face Goliath. Yes, you're going to kill a Goliath, but you're only going to do it because God says, come on. All you have to do is nod your head to the come on and look for the pop. The person of peace, which is a person who's carrying God's presence, who's, who's going to be a mouthpiece. The person of the prophetic, a person of prophecy. And wait for the big pop when you pop Goliath's head off. Pop, 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 pop that head off and carry that head around. This is all biblical. Severed spinal column and all. We're, we're not, and, and you'll make friends that way. David made his best friend on the day while he was holding Saul's, or I mean Goliath's head. Jonathan said, I love that guy more than I've ever loved any person. I love him. He's carrying that head. He's, that's my best friend. 
Father, thank you for the way you speak, for the way you move, for the, the opportunities you give us. You know exactly what you're doing. You are the better Jesse, the better Jacob. You are the better David. We're just here to say yes and be giant killers because we took the opportunity you gave to us. Lord, show us um, how to just receive your bread and cheese and simply be obedient and be in the right place at the right time. And pop, pop. Amen. All right, look at this. We're complete before 644. Let's make sure we uh, make things look real nice and just like they were in here for Wilmore Christian Church as they come and prepare for the rehearsal. Bless you guys. Uncle Tim is speaking next week. Um, look forward to it. <laughs>